are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio, and it is another special edition, the F emphasis version. And uh, there's so many things to tell you. I did a good plug last week for all the prizes, but I'm going to quickly run through them again. If you pledge $25 or more, you get entered into prize number one and you get maybe winning some gift certificates. You get put into a draw for half your donation. For 75 bucks, you get prize one and two. You get a t-shirt and you get that same draw for maybe some gift certificates of half your donation. For 150 bucks, one, two, and three prize draw, a t-shirt, and again, half the donation uh, gift certificate draw. And for $250, so you get one, two, three, and four draw, you get a t-shirt and you get that same draw for the gift certificates for half your donation. And what are the prizes? Number one, ground yoga membership. Number two, spoken sport ski package. Ooh. Number three, escape sport camp kitchen or the St. John's music banjo, which Brennan and I are gonna fight over. Uh, or number four, $800 worth of gift cards at Hearth, which is amazing. That's a lot of good food. That is a ton of good food. And time's running out. And time is running out. I think today is like the last day. So we're talking hours. Yeah. Get your pledges in. F emphasis, keep CFCR on the airways so that we can keep helping you find your frequency. And it wouldn't be possible with the gen without the generous support of our gold sponsors like Amazing Stories, Final Diner, Broadway Shoe Repair, Meat Chops, and Somewhere Else Pub and Grill. Donate to F emphasis today and be entered to win gift card prize packs from these and other great local businesses so there's lots of good reasons to uh clean up on the prize front but just you know donate keep us on the air that's what that's what good people do okay so very quickly we have a lot in store for you today uh we're gonna hear from kyle shorter he is a local boy who is in the running for a really cool prize from rue morgue magazine and uh he's a friend of punch he is better known as Philip Graves, horror extraordinaire dude. And uh, we're gonna talk to him a little bit later. Dave and I wanna talk about the Harley Quinn animated series. The third season is Gangbusters. And uh, we're gonna start things off though with Brennan. You have just recently been watching a docu-series called The Deep End. What is The Deep End? Okay, so if you haven't heard of her before, uh, her name is Teal Swamp, and she is a self-help, cure your trauma type of guru that happens to be very controversial. Um, some people have called her, I forget the exact term, like not the suicide queen, but along those same lines. Um, so The Deep End is a four-part documentary series uh, by Freeform, uh, directed by John Casby, uh, produced by Bitsola, and uh, Tom Yellen and Gabriel Tannenbaum were the executive producers. And they had three years where they spent with a teal swan in her, with her inner circle, uh, following her on her um, uh, speaking engagements and in her like main uh, retreat getaway. Teal swan has gone on record telling people that often suicide can be like the great reset. So your life might be difficult and perhaps things aren't going well. You should always try to fix yourself and she has many different ways of doing it. But however, maybe sometimes you just need to push the reset button and start over. She has, no, keep in mind, she's had millions of followers. She's had a few people that have actually committed suicide. 
So statistically, you could say it's a coincidence, um, but her, her teachings are very controversial. She's been labeled a cult leader, you know, practices that some people have called unethical. So in the documentary, besides following her and showing um, insight into her inner circle, they also hire a private investigator that looks at both sides of this argument to see, is she a, a quote-unquote cult or is it just you know, a group where people go to heal themselves. According to Teal, she suffered years of abuse. And uh, if this is a trigger thing for you, you might not want to watch the show because there are some parts that get quite dark. And part of that, she said, was because her family was trying to take her to therapy because she might have some kind of clairvoyant powers that they were trying to keep subdued. So now she has millions of followers on YouTube. She still travels around the world. She's a, a publisher of books. And of course, the word cult is thrown around with her and her followers. Now, I think sometimes the, the word cult gets used a little bit too loosely when people don't agree with what you talk about. But when you get to see kind of the inner, the inner workings and some of her therapy practices and just the amount of control she has over her inner circle, and if you decide to not be part of it or you think it's no longer right, you're basically chastised and sort of thrown out of the inner circle because you don't understand what the truth is. It's, it's really fascinating to see all the behind the scenes things. And keep in mind, this is three years worth of taping. Um, once it came out, of course, Teal Swan said, through editing, they make things look worse than they are. Um, you know, they created a narrative that wasn't quite there. My first, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, shoot, exposure to Teal Swan was a podcast called The Gateway. And that was the first time I ever heard about this. And it followed the story of one mother whose daughter um, had committed suicide based on kind of Teal Swan's, not her suggestion, but she said, maybe sometimes that's all you can do. And just about her practices. And so the deep end is kind of like the continuation of that. Uh, it just came out in April. I think it was on Hulu in the States. Right now it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's only four episodes, so it's not very long. I've only gotten through half of three. I was trying to get through four, but I couldn't quite get through in time for the show. It's fascinating, um, and I have, it is amazing how people, once you believe in something strongly enough, how you can sort of be talked into more. She attracts a lot of people that are having issues in life and a lot of people that probably have been through a lot of emotional things, but part of her therapy, which also happened with her, is bringing back repressed memories, and so some of people in her inside circle have these really tragic stories but then they also comment, well, I didn't, a lot of this came because of my working with Teal. Like I didn't have these memories before and now they're resurfacing, right? So there's always that how much of it was there before and how much of it is being suggested or implanted, right? Repressed memories is a very controversial um, method in psychology because you never know how much of it's true and how much it is being fabricated, right? If you're, I, and I find this stuff really, really interesting, you know, how people can, you know, have such strong control over another person just because they have ideas that are new to them or are delivered in a certain way. More than one, she comes across people that she doesn't like um, or can't work with. And at first, her first reaction is, I can't work with this person. I have to get rid of them. But she always finds a way to kind of work around it. If, if, if you're interested in like psychology and these type of things, sociology, uh, check out the deep end and uh, let me know what you think. But it's, it's a really fascinating look to something that um, I never thought I'd have that much of a look into behind the scenes before. Cool. That sounds really neat. All right. Well, we're going to go in the deep end with Kyle Shorter next. Uh, here is my little interview with him that we taped earlier this week. 
I have a special guest today. We are speaking with Philip Graves. Can I tell your real name or do you want to just stick with Phil? Ah, you can tell my other half. Okay, well, I guess we need to because um, you're in a contest right now as your real name, which is Kyle Shorter. Now, if you out there don't know who Kyle is, Kyle is the local prince of horror. He is the maker of Out for Blood. He has been a regular contributor to Punch Magazine. He's been on Punch TV quite a bit. And this is his first appearance on Punch Radio. And we wanted to uh, give him a little bit of press because he's in a cool contest right now and needs some votes. So it's through Rue Morgue. So Kyle, what is Rue Morgue for those out there who don't know? It's a horror publication that covers all sorts of goodies. Okay. And they have a contest out right now where one lucky horror fan can win a pretty juicy prize. So what is the prize? Uh, the prize would be $13,000, a special photo shoot with Kane Hodder, who plays Jason Voorhees. He's my biggest idol. I'm just kidding. I loved him in his... He did, you know what? Kane Hodder never wore the gunny sack mask, but he was probably one of the best Jasons. But yeah, that'd be cool to visit him. And also, uh, you can uh, spend two nights in Buffalo Bill's house, which is in Periopolis, Pennsylvania. It I would saw be a few years ago that it was up for sale. And it makes me really happy that somebody bought it and turned it into a B&B. &B. That's pretty awesome. It's kind of genius if you think about it. Yeah, I wonder if the well is still is there. That's a that, that would be something I would look for if I do end up getting to go. I'd be like, can I go well? Can I put the lotion on the skin? Uh, yeah, I don't think I want to go that far. <laughs> but you made the top 20. So it started as a like pretty vast contest with a lot of people involved. And you made the first cut. You are uh, in the top 20. And where are you currently sitting? I think I'm sitting at six place okay so you i was but it's getting closer to the deadline and i noticed that people can put their credit cards on so okay so you can buy votes and the money goes to charity which is kind of a neat an interesting way to like raise money for a charity actually yeah saving lives by scaring them to death <laughs> that's awesome so if you won what would you spend the $13,000 on? I'd probably, I hate this sounds so corny, but I'd probably spend it on my family and the things they would need. And I'd probably do something artistic with the rest. What are you working on artistically right now? Uh, I just finished Eddie Munson's battle jacket. That is awesome. Is this going to be just like a regular thing that you wear or is it for a special occasion or are you saving it for Hollow's Eve? Oh, I was act I was thinking everybody's going to be Eddie here. So I was thinking maybe I'll be something. I kind of have someone said, you know what? You're tall and skinny. You should be Otis Driftwood from House of a Thousand Corpses. And I was like, you know what? I could pull that off. That sounds like a really good idea. Um, What is it about Eddie from Stranger Things that resonates with you? Uh, I don't know. I was kind of like the outcast sort of kid in high school. They kind of just did his own thing. I don't know. I, I kind of liked that kind of character because it, it kind of just fits because in high school I actually had like a blue jean jacket that had like Slayer on it and stuff like that and I'd play my guitar and stuff like that so it's it's kind of easy to resonate with a character like Eddie 
I think he has been this the standout star and an unexpected star in this season because yeah, he is like so likable and you know, people kind of think, oh, he's a scumbag skid or whatever, but he has such a big heart and he ends up being the hero. I think that's exactly what it is, is that he's got like a heart of gold and people look at him like he was supposed to be like a bully sort of character. And his transformation of being so likable makes him uh, exactly that. You, you, at the At the start, you wouldn't think he was so likable, but then over the majority of the episodes he kind of just grows on you and then by the time the end comes it's just like oh that's not enough time with the character yeah we wanted more well speaking of more we are just about out of time where can people vote and uh how do they find out more about this contest well if you want to vote for kyle robert shorter mr philip graves himself uh you can go to thefaceofhorror.com or you can go on Facebook. It's plastered all over Facebook. And it's on my page. And you can follow me on Instagram at Philip Graves. It's my story there. All sorts of places. Okay. On Stories Facebook page. It is linked on the Amazing Stories Facebook page. So you can find it there. And uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll have some big news to share with everybody. I hope you win. Good luck. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, have you back on the show when you collect your $13,000. How's that sound? That would sound groovy. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time tonight, Kyle. And uh, good luck. Thanks for always being amazing. And uh, until next time. All right. Thank you, Kyle. And now we're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig. They are talking about a couple shows, uh, The Rehearsal, which is a very interesting, I don't know, it's sort of... We can't categorize it. I don't... I... It's, it's a mock reality show. Anyway, they're going to talk about that. And uh, Hank's also going to talk about Speak No Evil as well and other things. And, uh, and then when we come back, we will quickly talk about Harley Quinn. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Sillifan here on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And I'm joined, as always, by Hank Cruz. Hank yeah. Cruz. And you mean Craig Sillifan, the birthday boy. Oh. You know, uh, everybody out in Radio Land, it was Craig's birthday a couple days ago. And uh, the first time that I have been to a birthday party where they combined Eyes Wide Shut with Minecraft. It was the weirdest theme party I've ever <laughs> been to. But you know what? I don't know if it was you or your wife that uh, came up with that. But you know what? It was a fun. Thank you for inviting me. It was well, fun. I would say the it Eyes Wide Shut fun. part would, sounds like me and the Minecraft yeah. sounds more like my son. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, it, it, was, it was different. It was different. It, that's how I like to keep it. <laughs> uh, off the top of my uh, head here, before we get going, we got some cool stuff to talk about today. But I need to mention, uh, under threat of torture, that it is F-Emphasis 2022, Find Your Frequency, Support Volunteer-Powered Alternative Community Radio, uh, September 10th to 23rd. Make your pledge at cfcr.ca slash donate. Uh, And, you know, there's just a ton of prizes and stuff that you can win uh, when you donate certain amounts of money or entered into certain tiers of the prizing. Uh, And just, you know, go online to cfcr.ca and you can see all of those great prizes from tons of great sponsors and uh, stuff like that. So anyway, F emphasis, 
Go volunteer. Sorry, go get, donate. Ends tonight, so you got to donate now. Ends tonight at like midnight. Right, midnight. that's today, isn't it? Today's the twenty third. Go donate. <laughs> Don't uh, donate. Do it lot now. You, you only moments left. Well, All right. Why don't no? Why don't I start today? I saw a show. You know what enough about me? Let's enough talk about, about you. you. Okay. Let's talk about me. I saw a show this week that blew my mind, and uh, it's called The Rehearsal, and it's on Crave. It's an HBO show. Uh, with Nathan Fielder, who you may remember, if you go far enough back, he was on This Hour Has 22 Minutes. He did fun little, funny little segments. Uh, he did a show called Nathan For You, which was sort of a comedy reality show where he basically like fixed people's businesses with bizarre ideas. Uh, well, I say fixed in the sense that, you know, did he really fix them? Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, and it really toes the line between like, you know, he is staging these things heavily with ridiculousness but for the most part these people are real people so their reactions are always real and it's really hilarious to to sort of watch that but in the rehearsal uh it's six episodes and it starts out with this premise of like nathan is getting people who always wanted to uh do something in life or there's something they want to say to somebody uh, special in their life and or something they've always regretted or that kind of thing and they haven't had the emotional wherewithal to be able to do this so he creates a rehearsal situation for them whereby they can actually do this so uh, in the first episode just to kind of give you an, an example of it there's a guy who's on a trivia team and uh, years ago he told his trivia team that he had a master's degree like all the rest of them did but he just has a bachelor's degree so this is eaten at him for years and he wants to tell these people that the truth. Uh, and so Nathan sets it up so that like, they're going to do it in this bar, but Nathan has this warehouse where they build a complete 100% recreation of the bar. Like every single detail inside and outside of this bar inside a warehouse and then hires a bunch of actors to populate it so that they can run through all these like scenarios. And then on the day of, you know, this guy will feel a lot more comfortable talking to these people. So that's kind of the base premise, but from there, like it spins wildly uh, out of control to the point that like, you know, a few episodes in, you're going, what am I even watching? Is this real? Is it fake? Is it both? Is it, uh, it, it it's, it becomes sort of about those things and about those rehearsals, but it becomes more about the idea of uh, parenting, uh, finding empathy. Uh, you know, sometimes the comedy is ridiculous and hilarious. And sometimes you find yourself being like drawn into these heavily emotional moments that are just like, will destroy you like emotionally. And you're just like, how did he even do that? This is supposed to be a joke. And you're like, is this real? Uh, and then of course there's actors, there's real people, but then there's actors playing the people sometimes. Uh, and so you don't like, you start to lose track inception style of like, wait, are you in the simulation now? Are these actors or are these real people? So anyway, it, you have to take the show on its own terms. Uh, and it's completely bizarre, but always funny all the way through. And like I said, surprisingly emotional at times. I would say this is like, again, probably not for everybody, but if you can take it on its own terms, it's it's easily one of the best television shows of the uh, 21st century so far. Like, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's uh, it's insane, like, just how brilliant it is uh, and how he's willing willing to, like, examine himself even and these notions of, who he is on TV and what that means, like that we're just seeing a guy on a television. It's not necessarily a real person, but also that he is injecting some of his real traumas and stuff into this and into this character that you're seeing like 
on television. So uh, it's just it's an examination of so many things, and it's so well edited and 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 made that it's just I don't know I just I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I don't know if you've seen any it, of it. Or... This is the uh, I would say the the first time this year I've seen you so excited about something. So good. Yeah. No, I've gone down the rabbit hole of reading all the articles about it and stuff to see. I've got a couple of friends that have watched it too. We're obsessively phoning each other with theories and stuff. It's like. Uh, it's just bizarre that this dumb little show has has hijacked uh, my life so hard. But anyway, I, I check watched it out. the first episode, um, but yeah. now I will definitely go and watch the rest. Yeah, well, the first couple are fairly like straightforward in the premise, and then it starts going like really like off the off the rails. But because uh, I yeah, did love how watch. he's getting all worked up um, that he lied about the master's degree but he still has a bachelor's degree. Yeah. So it's not like he's lying about, oh, that I went to university or something. It's just, well, no, I like, you know what? I just, it's been eaten at me. And it's just the things that will eat at somebody. Even that one, I'm like, dude, well, like calm down where he is just like, it's true. ruining his life. Like, and then the lengths that they'll go to, to solve some of these things, because he, at one point, Nathan's like, look, you're going to have to lose the charity night, like we or the trivia night. We can't focus on the trivia and also focus on this news you're trying to tell this person. And the guy's like, no, I would rather win. Like, I'd rather not do this than lose the trivia night. I'd rather live with this uh, hole inside of me than lose one trivia night. <laughs> lose so, the trivia. So then Nathan sets it up that they start going on these walks together to discuss everything. And he, he actually secretly goes and sees the trivia guy, tricks him into giving him the answers, and then, like, places people all over the route of their walk that kind of just spew this information based on these questions so that the guy is kind of absorbing these information from these people on the street and doesn't really realize it's happening. Uh, and then, you, and then of course you get to see it all play out at the end. Like how does the trivia night go? How does the, uh, how does the telling of the, the woman go that he, that he didn't have the degree? It's just like, uh, you know, you just find yourself laughing at how crazy it is because they've got this HBO budget. They can do whatever. They're building a, a town almost in this warehouse. Oh, yeah. like, it's it's insane. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, worth uh, checking uh, out. HBO oh, and uh, and Crave uh, here in Canada as well. If you've got Crave, yeah. it's on. So, you know, I was also going to talk about American Gigolo because we've seen two episodes of that so far. But uh, why don't we save that until next week? Uh, watch even another episode before we talk about it, because uh, I know you wanted to talk about some stuff. Oh, um, so I watched the movie Speak No Evil. Um, so it's about a Danish family who visits a Dutch uh, Dutch family uh, they met on holiday. Uh, and what was supposed to be a great weekend starts unraveling and then things take a turn. Bah, bah, bah. But the movie is filmed in uh, Denmark, I believe. And the, yeah, sorry, Denmark, uh, Netherlands and Italy a little bit. But I've noticed that movies that are filmed, especially in uh, Europe, uh, where they are casting um, people that look like normal people. And I find now that watching movies like this in Netflix, I've got a new algorithm where it's just showing me movies from Europe now where I don't get the main, I don't know why. Um, but I don't know if you have noticed this, but I find that I can get into the movie more when there's normal people on the screen because even this movie is kind of dumb as it is. There's a certain things where you're like, well, you should have caught on to that, but I'm with it. Cause I'm like, well, these are just normal people. And so I'm hanging out with these people and these things are happening. Like, OMG, like even when they go, uh, there's the part where they, they have to take off their clothes and 
like they're normal looking people. And you're like, oh, I appreciate that. So now I'm starting to appreciate the casting of normal people as opposed to these Hollywood movies where you get all the, the hot people in there that are working out 24 hours a day and stuff. I'm like, eh, for these movies, I really got into it. And if this would have been like a big Hollywood movie, I would have turned it off. I would have turned it off. So I don't know. Do you, do you find that? What's up? Yeah, I think that's definitely, I think that's a good observation for sure. I mean, there's obviously even the uh, phrase like, tv hot or whatever you know what i mean yeah. tv ugly or what you know like a, where you talk about somebody like uh, david duchovny who isn't quite brad pitt but he you know he's like tv ugly or something where he's still really really good looking but just not quite brad pitt yeah. uh and I, I think yeah if they if they remade some of those shows in some of those movies in america it would be like all the hottest young uh oh, really good like uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo the the movie's perfect it is a perfect movie and then hollywood's got to remake it and you're like oh and we got to get different people in there we got to do this like you could have remade it with the same cast and it was awesome right but oh no yeah. it's not just the big name we gotta have hot people in here like all right well it's funny too we were watching this is the weird aside but we were watching a dog fight a little while ago which is a movie yeah, yeah. with uh, lily taylor i think and River Phoenix or whatever. And, and basically it's a, about a contest where these guys all have to go get the like ugliest girl to bring. And he brings Lily Taylor. And I'm like, she's not all that ugly. She's yeah. really quite attractive. But uh, but then you look at a movie like Clerks or something, and that's why a movie like that worked, right? Where it was like just a bunch of buttheads uh, making this movie at a quick stop in New Jersey and with their friends yeah. and stuff. And so it does, it does feel more real. Like it's somebody you might know and not just this unattainable Hollywood uh, beauty. But uh, anyway, so I'm saying that uh, that you and I, um, we can be in European movies, okay? But it's just <laughs> Hollywood movies we can't. <laughs> good, that's good. Let's go over to Europe and make it big. Listen, we yeah. got to throw back to Jody here, but uh, don't forget, donate to F Emphasis 2022. You only got a few hours left. Uh, it ends tonight. Make your pledge at cfcr.ca, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Woo! Find your frequency. All right, so some cool things to look into. Harley Quinn, very quickly, season three, we are binging through it. We're about halfway through it right now. This is the brainchild of Justin Halpern, Dean Lorsey, and Patrick Shoemaker, and it's really fun. This is an awesome cartoon. It's well-written. It's a little raunchy. This season is a little softer than previous seasons, I would have to say. It's more of a rom-com than just, you know, bashing stuff up in Gotham City. Yeah, you know, we, we've been big fans of this show all the way along. Maybe seeing this, like, Ivy Harley romance fully developed in season three is it's turning it into kind of more of a sort of, like you said, a rom-com, kind of a romantically driven TV comedy. But what we still love about this show is how it delves into the society of the villain and the supervillain and the arch enemy and so forth, because it reminds us so much of our favorite cartoon, The Venture Brothers, that did such a great job of um, you know, showing how, you know, supervillains sometimes have a hard time with things that traditional hero comics don't always show that side. No, that's true. It's great. If you haven't checked it out, get into it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we will talk about it as we finish off the series. Uh, probably by next week, we'll be done it. And uh, we'll let you know what we thought. And that wraps up our time for our show. Don't forget to pledge. You can get all the information that you need from our website, cfcr.ca. And pledge, pledge, pledge. Keep us on the airwaves. And 
keep your dukes up.